We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. I'm Trevor Lane for LakersNation.com. We've got a lot to talk about going on in the world of the Los Angeles Lakers. Fortunately, there's not a lot of positivity right now, but we will still dive into everything. Joining me today, we've got a special guest, Scorpio Sky, AEW's TNT champ. How are you doing, man? I'm doing really good. Uh, thanks for having me. You know, things in my professional life is going well, but... Um... For my team, not so much. It's it's really been a tough season. We'll talk about it. Yeah, so I was going to ask you, let, let's just even start there. What's more difficult right now, stepping into the wrestling ring and getting through a match or watching an entire Lakers game right, right now? <laughs> I'll tell you this. Last night, I got powerbombed three or four times by a guy named Wardlow, and that was a lot less painful than... Uh, you know, watching these games where we're down 20 and and we make a little mini comeback and just enough to lose by 10 and to give us a little bit of hope. And it's just it's so painful to watch. And I we talked about it off, uh, off air a moment ago, like the last time I was on the show was preseason and I was so optimistic and I'm embarrassed about it. Like, <laughs> like I've looked back a few times. I'm like, I'm so embarrassed at how optimistic I was for this team. But, you know, it is what it is. Well, I mean, this this team, and we all kind of had to be, be optimistic. We had to think, hey, th- there's a chance this can work. Because this gamble that the Lakers took, obviously, it didn't pay off at all. Even, even the people who said it's not going to work were predicting it was going to be as bad as it's been for for the Lakers. It's been far worse than any of us could have imagined. But the gamble was that fit wasn't going to matter so much that ultimately talent would win out. And if you looked at the names that were on this team, you would say, okay, this team's got a lot of talent. Obviously, there have been a lot of things that just haven't worked. But still, yeah, when we go back and we look at the offseason, we think, we were pretty optimistic about how well this team could do. I mean, they were even Las Vegas was projecting them to be the team to come out of the Western Conference. And here we are. I mean, we're going to barely fall backwards, most likely, into a play-in spot. Whew, that that has been, this has been an epic collapse this season. And uh, I've seen a lot of fans saying that this has been their least favorite Lakers team of all time or the worst season ever. Are you in agreement with that? Has this been the worst season that you've experienced? 
No, it's not the worst season ever. Um, you know, by far it's not. You know, we we've gone through what 17 win seasons and you know, if you go back to the year we had Dwight Howard, even though that team kind of got it together in the end, it led to Kobe's Achilles tear, you know, so as long as we don't have something like that, it's not going to be the worst season. But I will be in agreement when I say this is probably my least favorite team we've ever had. Uh, And it took me so long to kind of figure out, and I'm still trying to figure out why they are so bad. Um, Obviously, there's been some positive things. We've got Austin Reeves. Like, finding him is amazing. But then when you really deep dive deep in the weeds, as much as I love Austin Reeves, how many other teams in the league would he start on? Right. You know, and, and he's he's a great starter for us. But, you know, that kind of shows where we are. Like, he'd probably be a great bench guy if we had a, a, a better team. And, and a lot of it, um, you know, I look back to – a lot of times I've looked back to the failed uh, – uh, Kyle Lowry trade done last season that we pulled out on because of THT and and what a mistake that was uh, you know if you really break down what could have happened that was if I if you correct me if I'm wrong I believe it was THT Schroeder and uh, uh, KCP KCP yeah which means we still would have had Trez and uh, Kuzma mm-hmm. to go get Buddy Healed or whoever else uh, there's no choosing between Alex Caruso. And THT because THT's gone, so we can bring Alex Caruso back. One little move like that mm-hmm. could have changed everything. It's a different conversation now. It feels like just about everything they've done has has gone beyond. When you look at it, when you're making a decision, any decision, right, in, in life, and you're thinking about, okay, if this isn't going to go well, we're probably going to see these things happen. And if it does go well, this is what's going to happen. It's it's gone past. It's gone past what anybody could have projected in terms of the downside of of the uh, the transaction. So yeah, it definitely didn't work out as far as the the Kyle Lowry thing. That would have obviously been a completely different domino for where the Lakers would be. Maybe if there's some way we can Marvel style jump over to that reality or something like that, that yeah. would certainly be nice because looking back, yes, they should have made that move. We can also look and say they shouldn't have traded for Russell Westbrook. We can say they shouldn't have broken up the team that was pretty good the season before and just got hit by injuries. It's been a lot of mistakes, and I can tell you that the tough part is knowing that there's more pain coming, that in order to undo the mistakes of this last offseason, there's going to be a price to be paid this summer. That That's what's got me nervous, is looking ahead to the summer, what is it going to take to now fix these self-inflicted wounds? What makes me nervous is uh, a lot of the things you about the front office and how uh, GMs don't necessarily want to work with Rob Palenka or aren't, you know, we've always been through the, the fact that teams don't want to help the Lakers. Nobody's feeling bad for the Lakers. Everyone's really like enjoying this moment. And, you know, because the Lakers were so dominant for so long. Uh, so it, you know, that 2027 first might be gone. I hope not. I hope we can get Russell Westbrook traded somewhere for, uh, maybe a couple of seconds or, or something, you know, I, I, I've read that they, the idea was to try to take the 27 and the 29 and go find another disgruntled superstar and trade. That's not going to happen. There's not going to be another team that's going, uh, to send us any type of disgruntled superstar or not 
for Russell Westbrook and two picks. I just don't see it happening. Who's who are we going to get? Is Bradley Beal's not coming? You know, they're not. I I, I just I don't know what the the go to is. I think the best bet we can do is find a team with some contracts that aren't so favorable and try to take those contracts and give up hopefully a couple of second round picks. And then it falls back on the front office office of are they willing to take contracts that are going to go beyond 2023? Because the next thing you read was that they passed on DeMar DeRozan because they didn't want to give him a three-year deal. And again, I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, it seems like they are very protective over that cap space in 2023, so it could be. Yeah, they've always valued that future flexibility for better or for worse. And in the case of DeMar DeRozan, of course, we can look back and say DeMar DeRozan, DeRozan right now, hindsight being 2020, looks like fantastic. Like, why would they have not done this? You know, DeMar DeRozan's been great this season. If you remember back then, there were some drawbacks. There were some concerns with bringing in DeMar DeRozan, just as there were concerns with Westbrook. There were some some pluses and minuses to doing something like that, uh, triggering a hard cap. Does DeRozan fit with the lack of three-point shooting and the defense and things of that nature? And obviously, he's silenced any critics this year. But, yeah, I mean, DeRozan is just another situation where should they have just been willing to pay the third year? And then that brings fans back to... Why didn't they pay an extra year to get Ty Lue? Would we, I mean, look what Ty Lue's been doing with the Clippers? Wouldn't that have helped them? Or then Alex Caruso. There's some concerns there as well from an organizational standpoint. The Lakers, we've seen them now make moves for the last few seasons where they're at least paying some mind to the financial side of it. And as the seventh highest valued franchise on the planet, not in the NBA, on the planet, I feel like that should never be a thing. That should never be a thing for a team that is that valuable where you're making decisions based on finances. So I'm a little bit concerned about that moving forward as well. Are we going to continue to see that be a theme or are the Lakers going to be willing to pay what it takes to fix the problems that were caused to whoever caused them? We've got people saying, oh, it's LeBron's fault. It's Clutch Sports fault. It's Genie's fault. It's Rob Palenka's fault. It's the front office. Whoever's fault it is, are you going to be willing to pay the price to fix it now this summer or do you once again balk at the idea of having to pay up down the line right i mean they need to stop pointing fingers and trying to figure out whose fault it was like what's done is done you know they can't it's not like they're going to be able to decide whose fault it was and then everything magically disappears and goes back to being you know fairy tale lakerland we got to just roll through this and we have to figure out a way to get out of it um you know there is a part of me that feels bad um, because this isn't 100% Russell Westbrook's fault. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, okay, you put Russell Westbrook on the bench and we're a top three seed team. Like, that's not the case. We're just not. I mean, a lot of it does come from the salary he makes and what we were able to get. But, you know, again, a lot of it falls on the front office. Like, I, it's not my money. So uh, let me start out by saying that. Getting that out of the way, there's no excuse for not bringing Alex Caruso back. I, I won't accept an excuse. I get it. Whether what you know, I I don't completely understand the luxury tax. Maybe if they paid him eight to ten million dollars, they might might have had to pay fifteen to twenty million dollars in luxury tax. Is possible? I don't know. Again, yeah. it's not my money. But if you are the Lakers, constantly year after year after year, say it's about winning. And speaking of winning, you know, I just watched the second episode of Winning Time, mm-hmm. and you know, Jerry Buss, he stands on the table and he says, like, I don't care what the cost is. You know, I want to win. You figure it out and I'll take care of that. Where is that? Where's that mentality? Where is that mentality when when Alex Crusoe comes back to us and says, I'll take less and I'll stay. 
And they're just like, no, we'll let you go. Like at the very least, bring him back because he's a tradable piece because he's a great player that will fit on any team in the league and any team would want him. It's just, it's inexcusable. It, I, it, I had hair at the beginning of the season. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it really, you know, you're right about a Caruso being potentially a movable piece. He would have been at the trade deadline. Perhaps that changes your fortunes at the trade deadline. But beyond that, he's a valuable player. Now, do we look at this Lakers team right now and say they are an Alex Caruso away from contending? No, but he certainly would have heard. I mean, you probably you're probably got at least a few more wins on your books. And so then you're not, you know, in such a perilous situation with the plan and, and all of that. And look, a lot of things have gone wrong this season. So who knows what would have happened had you done that, but still watching an asset walk away for nothing when you could have had a very tradable player on that contract is another, you know, questionable decision by the Lakers. And so again, that, that leads to concern. Like on one hand, Lakers fans have told me, and I've been hearing nonstop, can it just be July 1st? Can we fast forward to July 1st and just start this start this teardown, get this team, destroy them, <laughs> just rip this thing to shreds and let's start fresh. Let's let's see what we can do this offseason. I'm after what happened this past season. I don't know. I, I certainly don't have full confidence that they're going to make all the correct decisions this summer. I hope they do. We've seen them make some smart moves in the past. But there's also a little bit of trepidation on my part as we get towards the offseason. What exactly are they going to do? And could it wind up hurting the franchise for the next decade to come? That's When we're talking about the 2027-2029 pick, we could be talking about the next what seven, eight years of this franchise moving forward could be on the line with the decisions that are made this summer. And that's frightening. Yeah, um, it, it is. It's extremely frightening. And, um, you know, I, I want to give Rob credit, though, where it, where credit is due. He hasn't made only like bad decisions like, you know, the, the Ty Lue decision, you know, to not whether that came from him or whatever it was right. above his head. I'm not too sure. But I mean, Ty Lue obviously would have been a great coach. That being said, Frank Vogel is a great coach and we won a championship with Frank Vogel. Um after winning the championship, good move, um, at least on paper. You know, and I'll say this. A lot of the moves that did not work out at the time they were made, you understood. They made sense. Danny Green for Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder had just won – or not won, but he was the runner-up for sixth man of the year. They were yep. losing Rondo. They were losing um, Avery Bradley. They need, they had spots at guard. You have another ball. You know, guys in Anthony Davis's age range. It checked all the boxes, made all the sense in the world. It just didn't work out. Uh-huh. Uh, but you can't – that's not an indictment. It was a good move. Um, bad move, letting uh, – trading JaVale McGee, I think, was a bad move. To bring in um, Gasol, as, yeah. As, yeah, for, for Mark Gasol. Like I, I think to bring in Gasol uh, and, and not that Gasol was you – know, you know, he had a decent year with us. But like we – if you look back at last year, there are definitely some possessions and some times, even still to this day, I mean we could have really used JaVale. I mean how much would you love to have JaVale, JaVale McGee right now? Oh, yeah. You know? Absolutely. And I, and, I, and I laugh because I remember you know, the, first ha- the first month or so of, of that season, last season, they spent time throwing lobs about a foot too high. Where Trez is going up for it and can't get there. Gasol is looking at it fly by and he's like, what do you expect me to do with that? They're, they were used to throwing that up to JaVale and him going up and getting it. Or Dwight and him going up and getting it. And they didn't have that anymore. Yeah. So it, it, it's it, there, there have been good moves and bad moves. I don't want to just completely yes. make this an indictment on him. But um, 
Yeah, the bad moves have been really, really bad. And we're heading into a really big summer. Uh, this is a franchise-altering summer. You know, this is going to set things up for the next, uh, you know, maybe five, six, seven, eight years to come. I be- I'm sorry to say Frank Vogel is gone. I-, I-, I'm- I don't see them bringing him back. And and I don't think this is his fault. He's just going to be the fall guy, unfortunately. Um, so who are they going to hire as the coach? What are they going to do with Russell Westbrook and the rest of the roster? Um, and And is it sacrilegious for me to say this? I almost don't even want to make the playoffs at this point because I'm so irritated at watching us get blown out by the Suns. Like those games are some of the most frustrating for me. And I I don't really want to just get swept by them, to be honest with you. Like I almost would rather just miss the play in. Let's get this season over with. We're not going anywhere anyway and move on. Is that sacrilegious? No, I mean, that's not, and that's not unique, right? There's, I've seen a number of fans that have said, Whatever gets this team to go away the fast, and I, I hate saying this. I hate, I hate that we're in this spot right now, but I, I've seen that sentiment from a lot of fans who have said, it, I mean, the sooner they're gone, the sooner I don't have to watch these games anymore and this team that struggled so much and all of that. And I understand that. Personally, I want to see them go as far as they can. Just I'm still holding out hope, and I think it's a very, very slim chance. But if you get some kind of a spark from Westbrook, some kind of a spark from Taylor Horton Tucker, at least improve your bargaining position somewhat during the offseason. And the longer you play, the greater a chance that that happens. Um, otherwise, I think the Lakers go into this offseason as the desperate team, which they were at the trade deadline. And teams used that against the Lakers, tried to fleece them. And I think that's what we'll see again. So I want them to have some type of bargaining position and maybe they can get, if they can get even a minor run, maybe that gives them a little bit of leverage, but I fully understand what you're saying. And I don't think that's out of line. These games, again, like you said, they've been tough to watch and it's almost like you couldn't script it any worse for the fans perspective because we continue to get these nights i mean heck we just saw this against the wolves where the lakers go down big you just get blasted right out of the gates and then you slowly chip away and you come back and you're right there only to give it all right back again so it's like the from the emotional roller coaster you get hit hard right at the beginning they get your hopes back up maybe they can do this nope slam you right back down into the ground and then that's what you walk away from the game with it's been a tough watch for Lakers fans this season, so I fully understand this notion of let's just get this over with and done and look ahead to to July. Yeah, extremely tough, but you make a great point. I have to agree with you. Yeah, the farther they do go, the better it is uh, setting us up for the summer. So, um, you know, I'll tell you, me personally, I used to, I, I hadn't had cable in years, and I used to stream, you know, whatever wasn't on regular TV like ESPN or whatever I had apps, uh, I would stream the games on like my laptop. And when I moved into this house, one of the big things, I was like, I'm going to get Spectrum Cable so I can watch every Laker game this season. <laughs> and so I moved in last summer, and and boy, I've watched almost every Laker game, and it has been so painful. <laughs> like, I picked a hell of a year to get the Spectrum Sports Channel. Hopefully next year uh, will we'll be better, but... I guess before we even get on to the summer stuff and all that, but and we spent a lot of time on that already, but are, are you... What's your, I don't know what your what's your optimism for the play in tournament and and all of that? Do you see them as having any shot of even getting through the play in and in officially into the playoffs? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, and I'm sure a lot of people around me think I'm crazy or just a, a, an overly Laker apologist, but I, I, I strongly feel if LeBron James and Anthony Davis are healthy, it almost doesn't even matter the pieces around them. They, we just have to have like, like decent pieces around them and we've got a shot against any team. As long as those two are healthy and performing, they won a championship 16 months ago, mm-hmm. something like that. And it, it drives me crazy because the media and people talk like the Lakers won that championship five years ago. <laughs> and you know, it was like 16 or 17 months ago. We've seen longer. this. Work. <laughs> it does feel like a long time because it's been two seasons, but I mean, all of the trade Anthony mm-hmm. Davis talk and, and, and that sort of thing. And it, it, it's crazy to me. I mean, yes, he's had some injuries and so has LeBron and you know, they're, they're both getting older and not getting younger. And, but I, we've seen this work. We've seen it work where they've just been hurt. Um, if we can get them together and get them healthy, then yeah, I think we can get through the play in. I, I'm, I don't have any confidence that we would beat Phoenix, but Hey, at this point, if we can take one or two games from them in the first round, and I'm not sure we could, but if we could, I think that would be a huge way to close out this season. Man, what a difference from last offseason. Now we're talking about <laughs> getting a game or two in the, in the first round. But you're right. I mean, if they were able to do that, that would at least be – it would be something. It would be something to to finish off the season with. Who knows? You push Phoenix to a few more games, and, and maybe you can alter the outcome of the, the playoffs if Phoenix is a little bit worn out for the next round or, or whatever. Again, they've been great all season, so I'm not expecting them to get bounced out or anything. But – yeah, I mean, this this Lakers team, I think, can still be dangerous. But I think we've also seen why roster building is so important in terms of skill set, in terms of fit. Um, and it's the thing that gets me is it's not it's not rocket science. What what has happened? What has always worked with LeBron has been surround him with guys who could do two things, just two things. That's it. Just defend, shoot threes. That's it. That's all that you need those guys to do. And then, of course, of varying sizes. You need guys who are bigs who can do those things, especially wings. You need guys who are guards who can do those things. They went away from that the first year LeBron was a Laker, and they said, well, we're going to get playmakers. Here comes Lance Stevenson, and, and okay, Michael Beasley, come on down. And that, that obviously didn't work. That didn't work at all. And then they went back to that formula for the next season, and you win a championship. You kind of stuck with that formula the next season. Injuries derailed you, and then they went away from it again completely. They found guys who aren't necessarily defenders, aren't necessarily shooters, or at least the guys who are shooters aren't defenders, and the guys who are defenders aren't shooters, and we've got kind of the mess we're in right now. So that's what I'm looking for from the, from the Lakers. If you can just revert back to that very simple formula and then surround 
LeBron and Anthony Davis with those guys, easier said than done. Those players are not easy to find by any means. But if you can focus on those things, I think you can build, rebuild this team moving forward. Because like you said, AD and LeBron, they're, they're still absolutely phenomenal when healthy, which there's a lot of Lakers fans right now that has to say that as a giant asterisk there. Win, win healthy, because of course we've seen what's gone on with AD this summer. I take it, by the way, by what you're saying, that, that you're not out on Anthony Davis and by any means, and you're not in favor of, of trading him away or anything like that. Unless there's like a blockbuster deal, uh, I don't see the, the point in trading. Like, don't trade him just to trade him. If there is a way you can get better, then, oh, yeah, everyone's on the table, sure. But I don't see too many trade uh, scenarios coming off of two years of injury. You know, I don't see, you know, the Brooklyn Nets saying, all right, here's Kyrie Irving. Or, you know, I mean, like, uh, like what trade can you get that's going to make you better and that's going to pair next to LeBron James better than Anthony Davis does? I just don't see it. Yeah, and you can even, I mean, even like a guy like Kyrie, does he fit better than a healthy Anthony Davis does next to LeBron. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's, that's the hard part, right? Is you've got guys who in theory could fit, but are those guys really going to be available via trade? And then if they're not, what's, what are you really getting out of a deal? I really think it would take, and and people have said move LeBron too. I think it would take either LeBron or Anthony Davis or both of them going to the Lakers and saying, Hey, we've worked together this long work with this again, find find a trade here. It would take that happening. I don't think the Lakers will trade them of their own volition. I think they're going to stick with them and try to rebuild this thing next year. I agree with you. And uh, I, th- I know there was a lot of smoke around All-Star Weekend of LeBron. Oh, LeBron's going to go back to Cleveland and that sort of thing. And, and I really didn't buy too much into it. And here's why. LeBron's in Cleveland for All-Star Weekend. And the they they ask him the reporter asks him oh is the door closed on returning to Cleveland did they really expect him to say yep never coming back <laughs> like, like like there's no possible way he's ever gonna say that and even with the Bronny thing which he's gone back and yep. forth on it you know I know now it's I want to play with my son I'm gonna play with my son and I, and I believe him but first it was originally it was i either want to play with my son or against my son that's what it always was originally and second if you listen to him now it's always i want to play with my son but it's i want to play with my son my last mm-hmm. year so people are assuming oh 2024 lebron's gone from the lakers he's going he's not saying 2024 is his last year he's saying he might play five more years who knows and he may leave in 2024 but uh, I, I just think that, you know, there's there's smoke and a lot of people are kind of jumping to conclusions of like, oh, LeBron wants to leave this summer. LeBron wants to leave the next summer. Like, we don't know. He may stay. He loves L.A. This is where he wants to be. He came here for a reason. He said he wants to retire Laker. I'm not sure if he will. But, um, you know, I, I'm a, I'm with you in the sense of like, unless they come to you and say, I, I want to leave, don't trade either one of them. Because, again, I have to say it. We've seen it work. We just have to have the right pieces around them. Even last year, you know, reminding people we're up to one on the Phoenix Suns when Anthony Davis gets hurt. This is one year ago. 
it wasn't five years ago. It was one year ago. We're up 2-1. I 100% believe we win that series if Anthony Davis doesn't go down. I mean, I know people can say whatever they want, but no one will ever convince me different. No, I'm of the same mindset. I said the same thing. When then when it happened, too, and then even after the moment, I've been saying, look, I think the Lakers win that series. Again, they were up 2-1. The Suns were struggling quite a bit with AD. Now, you can argue Chris Paul had an injury. Is that healed up? Maybe that swings the series itself. The there's room, there's wiggle room in there, but I do think that the uh, the Lakers would have won the series had AD stayed healthy. Now, who knows? Maybe they would have lost in the next round. We don't we don't know, but um, would have been interesting to see what would have happened from there. And again, I, I do think they would have won that series. But of course, that team was completely blown up. They only had three players: AD, LeBron, and THT, and that was it. That stuck around yeah. um, after this huge overhaul. So, and we're going to be in for it again. There's no way the Lakers are bringing back this team next season. There's going to be some major changes made. So it's going to be a lot of new faces next year as well. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about what we're seeing here for the remainder of the season. We've seen teams that have clearly enjoyed kind of kicking the Lakers while they're down. They've enjoyed getting these these wins in right now, but we haven't seen it to a degree that we saw from the Wolves. Them flexing to the crowd and, and Patrick Beverly calling Russell Westbrook trash and holding his nose, screaming at the Lakers bench. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, when Westbrook airballed the three, all of his antics, all the stuff, all of that talk. I mean, they, they were one step short of just smashing Westbrook in the back with a steel chair and spray painting NWO <laughs> on, his, on his back at this point. R.I.P. Scott Hall. But um, yeah. But what, I mean, what do, what do you want to see out of this team moving forward? Because we're starting to see teams really take shots at the Lakers and really enjoy playing against this team and sort of, sort of rubbing it in. What are you wanting to see the Lakers do as far as a response goes? I want to see them come back and kick all these teams butts next season. I don't see it happening this season, but um, you know, I didn't see the game with the wolves last night because I, I was uh, wrestling but I, I saw the clips and I saw the reports on it and it's infuriating to me. You know, Patrick Beverly is an, is an irritator already and I like him, but you know, he definitely gets under my skin as a fan. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, the same thing, you know, and, and, and there is a part of me that buys into what Russell Westbrook said after the game where it was, um, you know, those guys right. haven't done anything. And it's like, yeah, they haven't done anything. They, you know, but at the same time, they're filling themselves. You know, they're they're beating up the, the wolves have beat us maybe three straight times we've played them now, um, and and pretty decisively, and 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 that's extremely frustrating. And so I want to see this team come back, and I want to I want a revenge season <laughs> next year, man, because we've got a lot of teams that we owe it to. It it feels like. Every time we've expected this team to, okay, they're going to, you know, as, as far as Michael Jordan goes, they're going to take this personally, right? And we're going to see them really come out with fire this next game. They're going to take it out on the next team. We haven't really seen that. And we've even seen in-game where it's like they suddenly get a burst of confidence. And then as soon as they, they get any kind of a pushback, any kind of resistance, they just kind of fall to pieces. It's like they their their confidence wavers so fast. And it's amazing from just an athletic standpoint to see these guys who are Incredible. I mean, some of the best players of their generation suddenly look like they don't believe in their ability to win basketball games. I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like it. Yeah, they're done. They're they're mentally checked out. They don't even believe in themselves anymore. And, you know, it was like nine games below 500 or whatever. I, I can't say I blame them too much. But even if you go back and look at last year's team, there were times where we got down big. 
And but they never gave up. They they fought their way back and, and they cut games close and sometimes they won and sometimes they didn't. This team has the ability to do that because we've seen them do it. The Knicks game comes to mind, and that was a an amazing comeback, and, and they played the whole second half of that game incredibly, uh, incredibly well. But you know, a lot of times it's too late. And they make these comebacks, and 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 I and I and part of me, excuse me, wonders, are they really, really, you know, having that pride and fighting hard to come back, or is it the other team taking their foot off the gas a little bit and letting them back into the game because they're like, we already know they're done, or a little bit of the, of both. But whatever it is, it, you know, as a fan, you know, I've heard you talk about it on the show. If you look at the Clippers and you look at us. And uh, the way the two teams are fighting and, and the way they're representing what, you know, L.A. fans would want or not L.A. fans, but, you know, just the city of L.A. would want from their team. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it's the Clippers that are, are, are outperforming us by miles. And, um, you know, again, it goes back to that front office, though. You know, again, another thing you've talked about on the show is Steve Ballmer's willing to pay, man. You know, he'll bring in these guys that did that deal where they got Robert Covington and Norman Powell for nothing. It was just literally like, here, here's some lint in my pocket. Let me take these two great players. I don't know how they did that deal, but bravo to them. I I wish we could have done something like that. But again, you got to be willing to pay. Yeah. yeah, And the the Lakers didn't have the contracts to move either. You didn't, they didn't have the deals to stack up to go make a move like that in part because they did the, the Russell Westbrook trade. Yeah. And that's, that's the other scary part here is when we're watching, we're watching winning time. As soon as the new episode comes out, we've been, been watching it. Um, there's times where they've got Dr. Bus on there. John C. Riley's doing a fantastic job playing him. When I go, is this the new bomber? Is this, is that what we're experiencing right now? Like in terms of the way he's acting, the way he's willing to spend and all that kind of stuff and taking this team that was kind of the laughing stock. and oh that team always loses and all that there's some parallels there and I'll, I'll have to admit it's uncomfortable. It's a little uncomfortable thinking about it that way. And I'm hoping obviously that's not the way it plays out, but it does kind of feel like they um, they're definitely making some noise over there. And I, I'd like to see the Lakers step up and respond. Yeah. It almost feels like the Lakers organization is running their team like a small market mm-hmm. team. You know, not bringing back Alex Caruso. I know I keep harping on that. I'm, I've been harping on it all season, but it's, it's hurtful. I mean, he was. It, we all loved him, and he was great, and he's having a great year in Chicago. Uh, but not bringing him back over money is it, it is not a Laker move. Yeah. It's it's you know the Lakers are about winning championships and. And, you know, they've always kind of taken care of their superstars. But, I mean, sometimes you got to take care of those guys. I remember Jeannie Buss giving an interview last season and, uh, you know, or in the offseason. She said something along the lines of, it's important to us to take care of the guys that we found or we drafted and keeping them within our organization and, and letting them grow and, and, and seeing that investment. And it's like, you got a guy, Alex Cruz, so, you know you didn't have to choose between him and THT. You could have brought them both back and you just chose not to. Yeah, I still can't get it. And I, I'll never, I'll never forget it. That one's, that one is always going to be, that's like as confusing as trading a Vita Zubats to the Clippers for Mike Muscala. It's one of, you know, one of those things where you're like, what? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. 
<laughs> and he's still performing yes, for them. Yes, he is. Oh, man. Well, in any event, <laughs> it's been a rough season, but Lakers Nation, thank you everybody who has, who has made it through this season with us. It's been tough. Hopefully the Lakers can rebuild things in July and uh, and fix some of the problems that were created this season. Scorpio Scott, thanks so much for, for coming on here, man. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure, man. I love to do it. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. I love, again, love Lakers Nation. I, I watch every video the moment they drop uh, or as close to the moment I, they drop as I can. I, I've got the notifications on YouTube. And uh, the front office show is great as well. And uh, Lakers fans, just keep hope alive. Let's just send all the positive energy to the front office. They need it. Let's have a great summer. Let's, let's bounce back. And, um, you know, Lakers in five. <laughs> Lakers in five. I like it. I like it. Well, thanks so much. And everybody Lakers nation, you can follow Scorpio sky across social media at Scorpio sky, Instagram and Twitter. Thanks everybody for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Don't forget to follow us over on Apple Podcasts as well. Give us that five-star review. We've been getting some fantastic reviews lately. Honestly, heartwarming stuff that has been coming in about our shows. I am so, so appreciative about the stuff you guys have been leaving in our reviews lately. So please make sure if you haven't done so already, toss us a review and preferably a five-star rating as well. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe and see ya.